Welcome to Chris in Christ, a show about being redeemed and saying so. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm so excited you tuned in to today's testimony and transparency. Let's stay connected. Follow me on all social media platforms and anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Just put in Chris in Christ. Let's go. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited today. This episode is going to be amazing. I have a very special treat in store for you all. And today we have a new interviewee who's going to share his testimony with us, going to introduce himself and then jump into his amazing story. So, hi, introduce yourself. Let's talk to us. What's going on? But it's, uh, my name is Kiwan Amy. Um, great friends with Kristen back in, since high school, man. It, it was, it was awesome, you know, meeting you in high school and still continuing to be friends now throughout this time, you know, and, uh, my, you know, other than that, I went on to serve in the United States Air Force. Uh, I'm currently now 28 years old. Uh, you know, the beautiful thing about it is I'm born and born and bred here in Durham, North Carolina. And I'm just happy to be here, man. This is awesome. I'm glad I'm looking forward to this interview and loving what you're doing. Thanks, thanks. And we're going to go ahead and just jump in. Um, So, Kiwan, can you tell us a little bit about um, your testimony? Tell me what your life was going like before, you know, during and kind of after this turning point. Sure. Um, so before, like I mentioned, I was in the United States Air Force and serving as a boom operator or the proper terminology would be in-flight refueling um, specialist. And that's where you refuel planes in midair. Oh. And I was serving on the KC-135, which is in strato tanker. Um, and other than that, I was also going to college at DeVry University studying computer information systems with a specialization of systems analysis and integration, um, hoping to, you know, do cool things with that, like go to probably IBM, cause I was talking to one of my other high school friends, Wendell McFarland trying to get on there. Yeah. And that was looking up, uh, but I just needed to finish my degree. Mm-hmm. And I had one year left uh, before this incident occurred. And, but something, changed my mindset from that to starting my own business, which I ended up doing that as well called Kiwi Enterprise LLC, which we did, uh, which was actually with him as well, but but the same guy I was mentioning earlier, but we did website design and management, social media marketing and photography. And I had to throw that photography in there because yes, not only did we do that for our business, but on this particular day of my accident, that was what I was doing. Mm. I was going out to take pictures. So on May 5th, 2017, um, I was headed to Jordan Lake. You know, to, it's kind of like my escape ground too. I love going out there, clearing my head. There's this nice little uh, dock area where you can sit out and for free because I, I don't see why we need to go pay to go sit at a lake. Right. Um, but... <laughs> But I, I always went to this free park and it was just so peaceful, you know, cars barely going by. It's like a little small little highway, two lane highway. 
Um, you're sitting right up against a, a little rocky area. It was just nice. Um, and, and I have some pictures of it on my website as well, um, which we'll talk about later. But it was just so peaceful. And that, and that was where I always would go just to gain some calmness, relaxation, just to be at one um, by myself, be at one with God as well. Because if I wanted to clear my head, I knew where I was going. Mm -hmm. That was my escape route. Hop on my motorcycle and I'm out. When I was leaving Jordan Lake was when this all occurred. So leaving there, um, I guess I can give you somewhat of a picture up until where I don't remember anything else. Okay. Um, so, you know, leaving there, there's, again, this two-lane highway, um, nothing but, like, tree lines and, you know, maybe a dirt road, and then you got street, um, far, like, houses sitting off in the distance, like, nowhere near the road. Nothing's near the road except for, like, this one gas station that's, like, I don't know, 20 miles out, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, and so I'm riding along, headed back towards Durham from Jordan Lake and uh, it's, it's probably like, I don't know, maybe two or three intersections that I would come across um, that this one particular intersection, this guy pulls out in front of me. Now, whatever made him think he could pull out in front of me, I have no idea. Only God knows. Mm. I never got to talk to him and I never wanted to, to be honest. Mm. It, it was one of those frustrated moments um, I was in anger, you know, just, just did not want to deal with that situation because I did not want him to say anything such as, oh, I wasn't paying attention or I was looking at my phone or mm. no, I don't want to hear anything. You know, that that's the stuff you don't want to hear because it would just make you mad all over again. Right. So just leave me in the dark on that one, you know, um, because there was an opportunity. Somebody did present that opportunity to me once and I said, no, I turned it down. Mm -hmm. So I will put that out there. Um, but back to the story, you know, he, he's at an intersection and I'm, if I'm mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's the one with the light. It was, it was like a street light. And at this particular one, you, you're, you're only got, I think one, two, three, it's a three way. It's not even a four way intersection. It's only a three way. So he was coming from the, the third way. The two-way was one I'm on, and then the third one was the one he would be intersecting. Okay. And so these two cars that were behind him in the police report wrote or gave their statements saying that they saw me coming, so they don't understand why he did. Now, that right there told me you weren't paying attention mm -hmm. because these intersections are, like, wide open. Like, what they do is they basically cut the trees back and cut them down around those areas so that you can see what's coming. Mm -hmm. So there, there won't be any accidents. So it's almost like, dude, did you intentionally do this? <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. um, it, it, and that's why I didn't want to speak to him because of that simple fact. I was like, there, there's gotta be something that I know would just light me on fire again. And I don't want it. I really don't like the, just that, that sure feeling of not knowing what happened. When I woke up in the hospital, um, because I was I was in a coma for a month, um, so May fifth was the day of the accident, and I came to June the sixth because they had me in a medically induced coma due to all the surgeries I was having. Mm. 
Um, so speaking of surgeries, I'll just tell you a little bit about that. And that I have uh, both of my legs messed up. So my, my the bottom right portion of my leg is broken. And that's probably had the worst damage so far. I still have, I think, to me, the more, the most, I guess you could say, the most uh, issues with it um, out of all the injuries I sustained. And then I suffered a hip injury on my left side um, and my femur. And then my back is infused with two rods and 12 screws. And then I have two metal plates in my head now. So I suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injuries. Mm -hmm. So PTSD and TBI for those who know the acronym. And um, my eye, my right eye also was popped out because my right eyelid was torn off. So they had to repair that as well, um, which is probably what, you know, really caused a lot of damage to that eye, um, mm -hmm. but also the face shield of the helmet um, shattering caused a lot of damage, plus my head being smashed into the car, causing mm -hmm. damage to my blood vessels. Optic nerve is fine, which is usually what they thought it would be, the, you know, the optic nerve being detached. Nope, wasn't it you know, pretty much everything else, <laughs> you know, which is kind of crazy. Um, so I only have like a little bit of light perception in my right eye. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, days are very dark for lack of a better term, you know, it's, it's really dark days. Um, that's that what I see as I'm sitting here, you know, just looking and what I mean, I mean that metaphorically, but when I'm looking, you know, it's just like, like a bluish purple kind of look almost if like you got punched in the eye and you know somebody blacked your eye but I look at that all the time mm. it's not like it's ever going to go away I look at it all the time now my left eye I don't have any sight vision whatsoever over there nothing can be seen but like I said only in the right eye do I have light perception so back to June the 6th I come to and I'm hearing people like around my bed and I don't know where I am. I just woke up basically is what it felt like. Like I just woke up, mm -hmm. you know, how you wake up from, a, you know, your, your night's rest is mm -hmm. what it felt like. I'm like, what the heck are these people in my room? You know, I feel like I'm at home. What y'all doing here? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, well, there's my mom. Let me say hey to her. And I'm like, whoa, I can't even talk. Oh, my God. Couldn't even open my mouth my mouth was wired shut because of all the damage done to it. Now, this is probably the least amount of damage done to my body was my mouth, the teeth. And that right there cost $11,000. Mm. And I'll say, I'll leave that at that. Let you guys guesstimate how much everything else costs that I told you about already. So, I go to try to open my mouth and just, just to say hey to my mom. You know, just say, hey, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And I can't even speak. So I'm like, what in the, in my brain? I'm, and then she notices me moving and making a noise. Mm -hmm. And so she comes over there to my bed. And so uh, I'm wiping my eye right now. And I just want to tell y'all that because that is a consistent thing. I'm still getting repaired. 
that is the same eye that I had to get fixed. So I wanted to let y'all know that because that is something I deal with on a daily basis. Mm. Um, but anyway, yes, she's coming to my bed and wanting to know what's going on. You know, what, what's up? What are, you, what are you asking? What do you need? And I'm just like, what? what is this motorcycle accident y'all keep talking about? Like, what, where did that dream come from? Oh, my God. And the first thing out of her mouth, because I had to write it down for her because she couldn't understand what I was saying. So what they what they were doing was having me write on a notepad since I still remembered how to write. I couldn't see, but I remembered how to write. And I knew if I was getting too close to the side of the page to go down, mm. you know, my brain was still functioning very, very. And so she said, after I asked her, what is this motorcycle dream y'all are talking about? And the things that I heard, words out of her mouth were, that's not a dream, baby. And I don't know how to explain sinking into a bed more than that. Because I didn't do anything else that day. I didn't speak to anyone. I didn't, I don't even know if the rest of that day ever even played out. Because after I heard that, like, that was just, it was like, what happened? Because I'm getting frustrated at myself, thinking I did something wrong, knowing I'm a safe rider. Like, how did this happen to me, knowing that I am a safe rider compared to other guys that I rode with? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was just one of those things where I started blaming myself. And by the day, was by the end of the day, it was over. Like, that day was gone. Here it is the next day. Because I think literally that entire day, I was just in a whole nother realm. Like, it took me to a whole different world. And truly, to be honest with you, I do not remember the rest of that day after she mumbled those words out of her mouth. And I'm sure she shed a tear about it because of the way she said it and how I felt and looked afterwards. Um, so uh, what, what it did, though, what that moment did for me Actually, it wasn't even that moment. It was the moment I, my sister came to the hospital with my nephew. That that moment right there, that was the one. And I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. My sister came and brought my nephew to the hospital. She wanted him to see me because he had, they've been keeping him from me. And now I'm starting to be more aware. So she wanted him to come and visit me. And I said, hey, you know, I tried to say, hey, Christian, again, I cannot speak because my mouth is wired shut. I tried to say, hey, man, you know, just be all cheerful about it. And he's wondering, like, I know he's probably looking at me like, why can't he talk? Mm -hmm. Why is he doing all this mumbling? Like, and I'm sure that's what he was doing as I was trying to reach out and, you know, touch him. That moment when all I heard was him say, mm, and turn away from me. Broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't just, I couldn't even just talk to him. I couldn't say, hey, Christian. I had to mumble it. Because my lips couldn't even separate. just to simply hear him turn away like that and my sister even started crying because of that right there told me all right this is it i'm fed up 
I got to get back up. I'm, I'm done with this pity party stuff that y'all are talking about. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. That's not never been me. And it's not about to start being me. That's right. So that moment right there changed everything because especially once I got that wire out of my mouth, you know, when they, they took me to the surgery room and, um, took that out, man, you could, you couldn't pay me to shut up <laughs> because I, you, you will ne- and, and I tell people that all the time. I was like, you will never understand what it's like to be forced to be quiet. Mm. So when you're forced to be quiet, you never want to stop talking. And people are like, oh, man, will you just shut up? No, I won't. I won't. I really will not. Have you ever had your mouth wired shut? Mm. Okay, then. Don't tell me to be quiet. And I know what the circumstance was, but in the same sentence, I wanted them to understand that this was something serious. I didn't bring this on myself. This was something that was done to me. So, you know, going back to the hospital, um, oh, and by the way, I was at UNC Hospital in Chapel Hill. And just that, the the team there, man, they, those guys are awesome. The guys I had, um, um, you know, just helping me out. Like the head nurse, he's really the main one. Well, two nurses I truly remember. Actually, three because one of them was my family member. But the head mm-hmm. nurse, Abu, um, he was awesome. Great guy. I mean, you, you the most down-to-earth person I ever met in my life. And then uh, another nurse, Mickey, Mikia. She was also one of those, you know, God sent an angel type of people. <laughs> and then my cousin, of course, Kedra, she um, started working there towards the latter part of my stay at uh, UNC and made sure everything, I mean, everything was good. <laughs> she was like, right. did they do this? Yeah, exactly. Did they do this for you? Did they come do this? Did they do that? You got you. Uh, uh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm you better good. look I'm, out. I'm good. And you know, I loved her. I love her so much for this. You know, and I, I really claim her as my sister more than anything. Anyway, back to, you know, physical therapy. That's the game changer, okay? Because that's how I got to where I am and able to get back to moving on my own and walking on my own and going to the mall, going bowling, going uh, fishing, uh, going to shoot archery, uh, lifting weights again. Um, You know, just doing so many different things that first off, I didn't even think I would be shooting archery ever in my life. I felt like I was in the Hunger Games. Like, (laughs) like, it was just awesome. I felt like I was in the Hunger Games. And you, you couldn't, you couldn't tell me nothing. Okay. Hello. I'm going to the next casting call for that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, um, you know, it was just physical therapy. They, th- those guys were awesome. Um, uh, it was a, a young Asian lady, and she had a student with her. He was, he's a guy, Caucasian guy, pretty tall. He's about my height, six foot, um, and he was just, you know, one of those guys that. He was learning, but at the same time, he was so helpful. He was like, dude, come on, let's go. Let's get out of bed. <laughs> and uh, she would just sit back 
and kind of watch him, you know, you know, still giving guidance, but she would just be like, man, he's actually doing this on his own, you know, for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And um, one day I go to, other than physical therapy, I go to occupational therapy. And the occupational therapist is like, come on, man, wear yourself down the hall. I said, you do realize I can't see. <laughs> and, and he's like, uh, yeah, just follow my voice. I said, you do realize I can't see. <laughs> like, if there's somebody in this hallway, they get ran over today. <laughs> right. And I, I ain't stopping because you said. But it was just so funny because he was so serious. He just wanted me to, you know, get, get a, a feel for myself versus um, always having somebody wheel me around. Um, because, you know, maybe one day I'll be at home by myself and I need to wheel myself around the house by myself, which I ended up having to do. Mm. And that's what he was trying to get me to see. And I didn't realize that until he told me. <laughs> he was just like, dude, let's go wheel ourselves down the hallway. And I'm like, what if I fall down a flight of stairs? He's like, I would never let that happen. <laughs> you know, and I was like, because you can't see, so you're thinking the worst of everything. Of course. You know, you just feel like you're going to fall off this cliff that's mm-hmm. just going to magically appear. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's like to be, you know, blind. And, and it's not like, you know, so some people have a gradual blindness. Mine was taken away from me instantly. Mm-hmm. Like there was... A day I see, I could see, and the next day I couldn't. You know, there's no warning whatsoever. Um, so that's what a lot of people don't understand about my, my situation. It wasn't that, you know, I was prepared for this, per se. Um, but I always turn it around to say that I prepared myself in a way. Or, you know what, I will not take that that glory. God gets that. Because he prepared me for this. Mm. And I say that because I still play the drums. And a lot of people are like, how do you play the drums you can't see? I get that question so many times. My my friend, Sam Murray, he, I, I asked him one day, because I bought a drum set. And I was like, dude, I need some help. Uh, could you come over here and help me set my drum set up? Because I just want to play. Like, I don't want nothing else to do but play. Mm. He's like, yeah, man, give me about uh, an hour and I'll be over there. I said, okay. And, you know, the box is just sitting here in the middle of the floor. And I'm, you know, getting impatient. <laughs> uh, Kiwan gets impatient sometimes, especially when he really wants to do something. <laughs> um, and, and playing a drum is something I really want to do. So by the time he got here, which was not really an hour, it's like an hour, 30 minutes. You know, some people say an hour, maybe like 12. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when he got here an hour, 30 minutes la- later, uh, he was like, yo, I thought you said you needed my help. I said, I do. I need you to plug it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's I all I need. Pieces together. So it's an electronic drum set. I put all the pieces together. And I and I was like, yeah, I just need you to plug it up now. He was like, what? So he pulling out his camera, going to Instagram live. My friend done called oh me talking about God. he needed to set up a drum set. He done did it by himself. And yo, he is blind, like fully blind. And I was like, man, it's just sheer determination, man. If I'm determined to do something, I'm going to do it. It's just the way. So, you know, uh, I, I'm just, oh, gosh, drums, I love it. It's like my 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 sheer passion. And, you know, again, like I said, people were asking, how can you play the drums without seeing? And I said, well, to be honest, a lot of people used to 
talk to talk about me at church saying, why you always got your eyes closed when you play? <laughs> so I used to play with my eyes closed all like a lot. I'd say, I won't say all, I'll say majority of the time when I'm at church, because if I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. It doesn't matter. I'm yeah. going to know where everything is because I set it up that way. So it's almost like muscle memory. It's not necessarily you having to see it. So I still do that now. I set my drum set up and I just touch every every part of it. And my muscle memory goes to where those pieces are. Mm-hmm. And then I play. And then as I'm playing, it's getting more, I'm getting more acclimated to the drum set as I continue to play. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people get so blown away, man. You wouldn't believe how many times my pastor has had to say, Hey, and can y'all believe that boy can't see? <laughs> <laughs> and y'all would never believe he was blunt. And it was, and I, I, I remember this. It was one, um, it was, I think it, it was either an anniversary. I think it was a church anniversary that we had a guest church come, a fellowshipping church come to our, one of our services. Mm-hmm. And he said that, and you, you would have thought like a celebrity walked in. Cause it was like, oh wow, well, like you just heard it in the crowd. Like, he's like, oh wow, really? Like you know, I'm like, what is that? What's that? Mean? <laughs> Who's like, here? Who would I miss? <laughs> are they talking about? Hey, hey, yo, what, what's going on? <laughs> like you know, cause I can't see anything. So I'm like, what happened? Like, oh no, nah, they they doing that because of you. I'm like, really? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, oh, oh yeah, that's me, y'all. Hey. <laughs> How y'all doing? So, yeah, so it's just so funny how that stuff happens. And, you know, I, I, I really do give all the credit, the glory, and the honor to God because of what he has done in my life and continues to do in my life because people still don't know how I use my phone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they don't, which I understand now because I didn't know how to use my phone at one point in time. But I went to the uh, blind rehab center uh, for the VA. And they teach you, like, they'll teach you how to use your phone with voiceover um, on the iPhones. iPhones have this feature called voiceover, which is an accessibility feature where it literally voices over everything you're doing. So, like, when I was setting up this this interview, it was telling me everything I was getting ready to touch. And when you're ready, it's almost like a mouse click. You just double tap the screen. And that's how you open things. Like if I wanted to go to Facebook, I would go and find Facebook. And then as soon as I get to Facebook, it reads out Facebook. Oh, that's what I want. Double tap. Mm-hmm. And booyah, it's open, you know. And there's a lot of other different gestures that you go through to do other, you know, fancy things. <laughs> but um, those are, you know, like the basics of it. And uh, people just like, man, I still don't even know how you use your phones the same way you use yours. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Tell them. Uh, but yeah, you know, so getting back to my now, um, I have had some interesting now moments. I never thought I would travel again, you know, by myself. Mm-hmm. I never thought that I would um, get out and go explore the mall by myself. Uh, never thought that I would, you know, like I mentioned earlier, go bowling, shoot archery, shoot, even freaking rock climbing. How many blind people, you know, go rock climbing? Like, let's, come on, <laughs> you know? Um, oh, man, I've done air rifle. Uh, I've done boxer ball. Um, good Lord, what else? 
feel like there's some other thing I'm missing, but you know, just to spit out a few things. Oh, ha! I've done bingo, <laughs> and that's funny too because it's like a braille bingo. You got like oh, cool. numbers are in braille. You can feel it. Um, all kinds of different group settings, like music therapy and stuff like that. Um, book clubs. Amazing. All these little things that I do now, and. I just never thought I would be able to do that again because I couldn't see. Um, there are some things that still deter me. Like I'm still deterred by those, by, by some things, like b- because of the the, I guess you could say the experience and the joy that they brought me. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I am still deterred to go on like a cruise, and it's not because of this coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I loved looking out at the water. Mm. like that that was a true passion of mine i loved the scenery i loved pulling into a dock and just watching us come up to it like that right there is impressive you ever seen a massive cruise ship pull into this dock <laughs> like like it isn't the, one of the most impressive things you could witness <laughs> beautiful <laughs> you know it's just awesome um and so me just wanting to see that stuff I've been on a cruise ship where I'm playing basketball at the top of the deck and you can see the water all around you. Like you, I can't get that back. So it kind of like makes me not want to do it anymore. Oh man, I I really want to do some things like get my business, my business back up and running because that was flowing so well before I lost my sight. And I had literally just started it January 3rd. Well, I launched it January 3rd of 2017. I had been building it for some months, Mm -hmm. but I launched it January 3rd, 2017. I told you my accident was May 5th, 2017. So it was only freaking four months. (laughs) You know, and it was already, but the thing was, it was already flourishing. And that's how I knew I had something. Mm -hmm. You know, I would have seen it kind of, starting to fade away if it wasn't you know something that was lucrative or or able to be done and i i literally you know just took one class um in college and it just sparked this huge this major interest in my life to want to do these things and even even my uh my friend he was like dude you've got a knack for this (laughs) and i was like Hey, man, I just love being creative. Like, I have yeah. a very creative mindset. And I was like, I just love being creative, especially when it came to website design. Oh, you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> I was all over it. Like, I was having people like, whoa, dude, that's my stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you pay me. <laughs> it can be yours for a fee. <laughs> yeah, it can be yours for a small fee. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's, it's just so amazing how that stuff is coming to fruition and I just, I can't wait to get it back going. And my, my plan for it is to get it back going, but I'll be more so the CEO and, um, you know, keeping the, the mission running as it's supposed to, you mm-hmm. know, we are to serve and to manage, you know, do all the good stuff that the people want us to do. Um, but I'm going to do it with, excuse me, like a, a pipeline like running internships from colleges, you know, stuff like that. Awesome. HBCUs, things of that nature. And that's my, that's been my thought process since, but you know, 
since I lost my sight. That's awesome. Um, Keelan, I appreciate you taking us through and like really kind of re- like I can really feel like I was right there with you every step of the way by the way you described everything and it's just it's so amazing um and I I love how you talked about you like physical therapy really helped you and like how you were able to pass so many boundaries that even you had for yourself um and you yeah. exceeded them physically and I want to kind of know now like on the spiritual side like what in the world was going on in your spirit? How did you feed? How did you, you know, keep going? How did you keep your determination? What was your prayer life like? What were your thoughts? What were you listening to, watching to make sure that you're staying, you know, spiritually healthy as well? So throughout the hospital stay, they have TVs in your room. And um, I, I kind of want... I guess you could say, you know, I, I, I shout out Spectrum <laughs> because <laughs> they have those music channels. Yeah. And, and one of the music channels is the uh, the Christian, like, gospel station. Uh-huh. And I left it on. My family, they just left it on the entire time. No no matter what, I could either turn it up or turn it down. You were not turning the channel. <laughs> you ain't turning it off. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. I was either going to turn it up or turn it down, but you will not turn my channel you know um and that's what kept my spirits especially walking with the lord you know just just staying with him because you can easily find yourself in a rut when it comes to something so life-changing yeah because this was a a, a complete change like this wasn't just oh man i broke my leg no 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 i broke two legs i broke my back and basically just fractured my skull okay um and now i can't see oh man oh and i forgot to mention earlier i did also lose my smell in the uh reconstructive surgery done to my face forgot to mention that wow yeah yeah so not only can i not see i can no longer smell instead of constantly praying i kind of just gave it to god i was like god do what you will your will be done yeah yeah do what you will if you if it will be your will, let it be done. If not, I'm cool. I will live with it because I know you're you know best. Wow. You know, um, that was one of the hardest things um, as well. Being in the hospital and coming home was you know always constantly being reminded that you know God is 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 the is who I should turn to. I'm like, why y'all act like I don't know this? Like, don't don't treat me like that. I know who I can go to, but mm-hmm. I'm looking for human advice right now. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you just need that human to communicate with, you know? Um, but back to you know, what you asked, how I kept my spirits up, man, just that sure thought of, I have goals and I was, that's what I was doing. I was setting goals. Um, once I got to physical therapy, you know, with the whole walking deal, because they used to just do it in my bed or whatever, where I, they would just move my legs mm-hmm. and keep them, you know, moving, basically, uh, so that I wouldn't get blood clots and whatnot. Yeah. And, oh, my God, that shot sucked, by the way. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was the worst thing. <laughs> it was so painful. Mm. And it wasn't even the needle. It was the, the fluid that was coming out of it. 
I'm like, oh my god, did they? Oh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, back to what I was saying. But um, so going down to actually the physical therapy room, where you know they have weights and the 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 um, was it the balance? What is it? The parallel bars. Okay. There it is. So when you're when you're learning how to walk again, because yours truly did have to learn how to walk again. When you are learning how to walk again, they take you to the parallel bars. And I'm in my wheelchair. Um, the Both of the physical therapists are on each side. And, they, you know, well, one's behind me, locks my chair. And then uh, they're on each side, you know, make sure I don't fall kind of thing. And then they're like, okay, you know, whenever you're ready, you can get up. And uh, take as many steps as you possibly can, you know, and if you need it, whenever you need to sit down, just say chair. And that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. And then you start your workout because this is what it's going to, that is literally a workout for normal people. Well, man, all you're doing is getting up and walking. No, 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 not for this week, brother here. Mm-hmm. I was basically starting from scratch like a newborn baby Bambi, little, little itty bitty legs, <laughs> you know, wibbling and wobbling down this parallel bar which wasn't even that long but it seems like forever and they're like okay on three and they're both on my arms and my arms and hands are gripping the parallel bar to pull myself up because they don't want me to hurt my my leg or anything so on three one two three and I pull myself up and then I'm trying to gauge my balance because I am I was very unbalanced with you know my legs being weak plus me not being able to see does throw your balance um and they're like okay take your step and so i move my leg left leg goes forward first because that's the easiest one to move mm-hmm. and they're like all right now do the right and i try i pick that one up take that step it's like okay you want to do another one it's like yeah i think i can do another one. so i go one more Move that left leg, and I move the right one. And it's just as slow as I'm saying this. It might even be even slower, but just as slow as I'm saying this is how much or how long it took to make these steps. Mm-hmm. It really boosted my mentality when I started uh, getting to, I guess you could say, getting to lift weights a little bit. Like they would give me a little light weights and stuff to lift. Like that really boosted me because. I was a, I was what they call a meathead back in high school. I used to love it. <laughs> I, I mean, I did it in the military too, but back in high school, you could ask anybody who was on the football team, they were like, bro, Kiwan, that dude might have been skinny, but he was pushing some weight. <laughs> like, literally. And um, once they gave me, like, weights to lift, oh, it was over. I was like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm gaining some ground because they're trusting me to do stuff. That means mm. my 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 bones and, and this metal and my muscles are starting to really get some kind of work and they're getting stronger so they need to strengthen me even more in this. And that was, you know, my mentality was like, Oh yes, this is awesome. And then also seeing people because what and this is the probably the hardest thing about like COVID nineteen and the coronavirus right now mm-hmm. is you're not able to go visit family when they're in there. Um, and I, I just feel like that's so hard yeah. because 
that is what really boosted me when I was in the hospital was my family, uh, friends, church members. Oh man, just hearing voices come through that door other than the nurses and doctors that I got tired of seeing every day. <laughs> of course. It really lit my spirits. Like it was like the brightest the brightest light just came in the room kind of thing. Aww. And I was the, the best gift I ever got was from my, my best friend Travis. Um, he also goes to my church. The best gift I got was from him and it was a drum pad and some drumsticks. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I said, yo, I'm gonna teach everybody in here how to play the drums. <laughs> <laughs> And the nurse was like, oh, you play the drums? I said, yeah, you want to learn right now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I, I literally, and I gave her a tutorial. I gave her a quick little tutorial, and I showed her how to do it. I said, now you do it. And she was like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, no, seriously, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> and I was teaching her. I literally had, like, a little tu- tutorial in a session with her. She loved it, though. She was having a ball with it. And that, that was just, like, one of the best days. That was the other thing, because I did have a minor setback in the hospital. Um which kind of threw my spirits okay. because they they said I was getting ready to go home. Then the next day they come in my room and they say, oh, we're actually going to have to keep you for another week. No. I said, I'm sorry. You say what? I'm supposed to be going home. Hmm. And y'all going to keep me for what? A, a week? Not a, not a day. Not, a, you know, it might be a long day. No, a whole week. Okay. Y'all, y'all just blew me. <laughs> I'm gonna need everybody to get out. <laughs> like, mm. straight like that. I'm like, you can leave. You get out. And I don't want to hear none of y'all. It was one of those days. Because mm. y'all just really blew everything. I was so pissed. But you know what brought me back down? Was when I looked at the dates of my, my hospital stay. I'm gonna break these down a little bit. Okay. So I told you. I was in the hospital May 5th. That's 5-5. I came to from my from being, you know, in my medically induced coma on June the 6th, which is 6-6. Mm-hmm. And my hospital release date was July 7th. 7-7. Oh, that's my birthday. <laughs> hey, turn up. <laughs> But yeah, just look at that five five six six seven seven, and I can't make that. Like I can't make that up. Wow. There's no way of making that up. You know, I could pull out the hospital records right now and show you that. And and I wish I was making it up, but actually I don't because it's a beautiful story and it goes to my testimony. And it's just such an amazing thing when you look back on it. And I was like, it's like, well, no, no, I had to stay because. That's a part of my story. <laughs> hey, and, if that's what makes it go down smoother, yes, we'll take it. <laughs> right, right. Let me drink this tea real quick. <laughs> but now, the other thing that kept my spirits high was, like I said, family and friends. And oh my goodness, I wish I was able to, other than, you know, the other than the, the, the easy answer of still having life, mm-hmm. you know, because that is one I will never take for granted. I love my life dearly. 
But just, you know, having family, friends, always there to support you. You know, my pastor stopped by. I love to, he loved to come by and just say hey to me because mm. he basically treats me like a son. I was just so eager to get back to church, man, because I felt like I was just so empty without it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're so, you're so used to something and I always just get stripped away. Mm. I lost my job, you know, with the Air Force. I lost my schooling. Um, I lost my 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 business and you know just the the sure lifestyle that i had i lost that uh and then you take away church oh come on man like now now you're really bothering me Mm. you know and i'm just so eager to get back i'm like mom can we go to church they're like no you're not ready to go to church yet i'm like what are you talking about i don't care let's go we go today I go to all these doctor's appointments, I can go to church. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get, that's a, and that's how these conversations go. I'm getting all pissed off. They're like, no, you're not ready. But what they were trying to do, say without saying was, you're not ready because, first off, I didn't have a haircut. I couldn't get a haircut because my face and head were too sensitive. I have a nice long scar over across my head from ear to ear. Mm. And my face, like I told you, had reconstructive surgery done to it. So I had a full goatee. I mean, this sucker was thick. I looked like James Harden. (laughs) 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 And I couldn't get it cut off because it was was too painful. Like, it it hurt. Mm. Remember, I told you, I had goals. Right. That was another goal. I am going to get myself walking comfortably. I'm going to be walking on my own by at, at least before my birthday, and my my birthday is November twenty second. I have beat my goal by almost a month. Wow! Yes, I I exceeded it by almost a month. Look at that! You know what I'm saying? And I was like, it's nothing but God. Like He was like, oh yeah, you ready to go back to the house of the Lord? Oh, see now we're talking. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, let me help you out, buddy. <laughs> And smacked me on the tush and said, go ahead. Go ahead and so, walk. <laughs> so, you know, I get back to church. And, you know, my first Sunday back, nobody knows I'm coming except for my grandma. Of course, my mother, because she's bringing me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my youngest brother, he's going to be assisting me into the church. Um, like, because I had a cane. I was walking with a cane and holding my brother's shoulder. My youngest brother, he's 16. Okay. Uh, I was holding his shoulder. Um, and when, I mean, when I walked through that door, remember I told you about that celebrity status? (laughs) (laughs) You would have thought, like, it was just like the, the, the return of, I don't know, like, everybody knew my story. They knew Mm. what happened. No, not everybody in the church had been able to see me because they, they just couldn't take it. Well, to get into the sanctuary, there are glass windows that my pastor can look through to see you. And he saw me. Hmm. He saw me walking. And then the door opened and he said, and in comes a walking miracle. Wow. And I was like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) All eyes on me now. I don't don't like to. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't like being put on the spot. (laughs) And I'm like, no, don't do that. And then everybody started crying. And all you hear is praise going up. And you, you do, people start bursting out into praise dances and shouting and hallelujahs. And mm-hmm. te- I mean, it was just coming from left to right. 
And I was just like, oh, my God. You know, and I was, at the end of it, once I really sat back and thought about it, I was like, well, God, you used me to be of great service to them mm. and show them your mighty works. Is And that's really what he did. And so once I realized that, I was like, okay, God, I'm forever grateful. I know what you've done. I know what this meant. And, you know, my pastor started singing. He, was, he, he just burst. He, he loves singing. He bursts out in song all, all the time. He started singing a song, and I just couldn't sit there anymore because I'm a drummer at my church, and I want to play. Yeah. So I said, Mom, she's like, huh? I said, take me to the drums. She's like, you, you sure? I was like, yes, I, I can't sit over here. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And so I got over there on them drums, and I started playing, and you would have thought, the the roof popped off again because <laughs> they were not it was like you know they were expecting me to stay where i was sitting at a pew and you know once that song was over my pastor was like kiwan i'm so glad you to hear you back over there man you don't understand it sounds amazing um, and he said now listen if you need to sit down just let me know don't well, i won't i won't feel bad <laughs> mm-hmm. and i said yes sir i understand and I sat there the entire service. Wow. And it just felt so good because that that felt like, that made me feel like I was strong. Hmm. And you don't know strength until you're doubting yourself. Oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit up here this whole time. But when you did it, and you're just like, oh, yeah. My mom's like, well, let me know if you need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> like, mom, go on. All right. <laughs> up a little bit while you were speaking but (laughs) no it's just it's just so amazing how God works I know it's so cliche God works in mysterious ways but like he really really does and but it's all purposeful you know what I'm saying and I think what's so beautiful about your story is not only your recovery because you know, yes, God can do that. He recovers and he works miracles. Absolutely. But yes. what's so like poignant about your story is like what you said, your confidence. You're willing to never just sit there and accept what was happening. Um right. you being able to get up and go and and still use your wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Like you wanted to go to church and you wanted to get out, but you weren't like being a, a stubborn little hard head about it. Like you were right. using your wisdom, listening to God and letting him lead. And he's been able to not only transform your physical body, but like 
your your soul like you are like exuberant like it's just it's so beautiful and I think anybody that comes into contact or interacts with you or engages with you can just see how like high on life you are and that's something that I mean even believers with sight with all their physical senses with all their abilities still can't tap into the joy the willingness the determination to get up and and just go set your goals you know pray about them and just go yeah it it's it's so like it's just packaged so beautifully with your story and i i'm like it brings me so much joy to one like listen to it firsthand but to be able to to share it like that's such an honor and a privilege so i really truly thank you i think you've hit every base we needed to see like you've taken us there in vivid detail and i thank you for that some people like to be like oh that might be too graphic Uh uh-uh no that's what i want that's what we need you know what i'm saying um so just thank you a ton and i can't wait to see you know the crowds of people you're able to influence this community you know the state, the nation, the world. Like, let's let's go. You have an amazing story, and it really can change lives. Um, and that's so beautiful. Like, I'm just over here on a cloud right now. <laughs> yeah, but amazing, Kiwan. Um, this is great, and I'll be able to share. Since you are so goal-oriented and busy and, like, up doing stuff, I'm going to be sharing what Kiwan's doing on my page so you can keep up with him and see what's coming next and check out his business, check out his uh, his drum ministry. And he can sing, too. He didn't tell y'all that. But he sings, too. <laughs> he sings. He plays the drums. He does it all. So I will definitely make sure that we can stay connected with Kiwan and be able to follow and see what God is still doing in his life. Kiwan, thank you so much for taking a time out to share and we will be in touch. I'm just so excited. Is there any uh, last words or anything you'd want to say um, before we close? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, well, first, thank you for your platform. This is amazing. I really, truly enjoy listening to your podcast. Thank you. And um, just your inspiration, you know, just the, the sure kindness in what you're doing. Um, but for me, you know, things that I like to leave people with is, of course, like the scripture, Second Corinthians 5 and 7, you know, I walk by faith and not by sight, first off. Amen. Um, you know, and one quote that I came up with my on my own was, I may have lost my sight, but I did not lose my vision. Amen. And that's what I want to leave y'all with. Now, I want to hear you say so. Season two is all about your testimonies. Do you or someone you know have a powerful testimony? If so, I would love for you to connect with me and I'd love for to get you on the show and let's share the goodness of God together. Send me a message on Facebook or Instagram saying that you're interested in sharing your testimony. We'll get together and record and you can be on the next episode of the show. That's a wrap for today's episode of Chris and Christ. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I can't wait to hear from you again. Let's keep in touch. Follow me on all social media platforms at Chris and Christ.
Until next time, remember, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of your testimony. Be blessed. Thank you.